Hello and welcome to Walking the Earth Podcast, the podcast about the backpacking experience. My name is Justin Castle calling in from New York City, New York. And I'm Mike Margulies today calling in from Chiang Mai, Thailand. Happy New Year to everybody. Uh, and before Happy I New introduce Year. today's guest, <laughs> uh, I guess real briefly, uh, I'm going to make a quick shout out for on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash walking the earth podcast. If you like us there, there's a new tab called support the show. Uh, basically, it's we have an affiliate link with Amazon. And so if you look on this page, it's products that uh, Justin and I uh, have used uh, personally or we can personally vouch for or recommend. Um, and so it's books, some movies, the uh, headphones I'm using currently, you know, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if you check out that page, uh, you can find things that we personally vouch for. And at the same time, uh, you can help support the show. Uh, so check that out. We'll throw a link uh, on the episode description and on our Facebook page. Um, but let's get into today's show. Um, we've got calling in uh, my friend Ben is calling in from Chicago. Ben, welcome aboard, man. Yeah, it's good to be aboard. Yeah. So wow. I just <laughs> so I, I just got back in the states uh, two and a half weeks ago. I flew in yep. from Philippines. Uh, kind of had a bunch of flights in between. I had to go from Porto Princesa to uh, Manila, Manila to San Francisco. San Francisco to Chicago, but I took the long way. Finally made it back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Took the long and I guess way just back. as like a oh, some brief context for folks. Ben and I used to be um, colleagues back in the day, uh, mm-hmm. working for the Exxon Mobil Corporation, and yep. sort of independently came to the decision to leave our jobs and go backpacking. Yeah. Um, how 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 much I, of a span was there in between you guys making this decision? Like I know Mike Mike you were back in August. How how far from August were you been? I quit in uh, July, early July. Oh, um, so he beat you, Mike? Yeah, I did. I did beat him. He did. And we had well, actually talked about this uh, yeah. several months before at a, on a ski trip. Ah. Yeah, both of us both of us were kind of, you know, in a in a little state of uh, I don't know, we we weren't sure what our paths were, and then right. you know, we just happened to make the same decision. Awesome. Yeah, it yep. it is funny how we both sort of came to that. We were on a ski trip, and then next thing you know, we're talking about. I guess how we're both disillusioned with that situation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was cool though. We we ended up meeting up in the middle while I was in India. I guess while I was here in Thailand the first time, and you were in uh, yeah, China. Yeah, in China. And then and, uh, our visas expired at the same time. Yep. And so we Just met in the middle in Laos. Yeah, cross <laughs> over in Laos and both went up and. Yeah, and so we you know, we traveled together for a, a few weeks, but then you know as the, as the backpackers do, we, we kind of converge and then uh, split off and then probably going to converge yeah. again at some point. <laughs> Very cool. Um, but you, so you you actually are stopping back home now, uh, briefly, yes. Yeah, so I got back two and a half weeks ago, uh, specifically for a wedding that I went to uh, over in Cleveland. So I got back into Chicago, and I stayed the weekend, and then I took a, tr- a train to Cleveland. Uh, and then I stayed there, went to the wedding, and then took a bus back to Chicago. Uh, cool. So I get to compare our public transit here to <laughs> the other public transit I've taken elsewhere. Yeah, and I'm, it's, I'm interested... <laughs> It's changed my perspective because, you know, before this trip, I spent most of my time traveling in Western Europe and Japan, which has excellent public transit. And so I would always knock on our public transit. But now that I've gone to Eastern Europe and East Asia, I can start to appreciate, you know, what we have. 
how yeah, how would you rank it? How would you rank it compared to the places you've been? Like, is it in the middle? Is it in the top thir- two thirds? Is it like? Yeah. I would say out of all the places that I've been, it's got to be in the top two thirds. I mean, but you know, some like really? Germ- Germany and uh, and Japan easily have it beaten. But I mean, well, would 50 you say percentile that- to to. 66 percentile yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> would you would you say that's a chicago specific thing though because i think maybe, maybe within maybe. chicago area true it's true good, well, but what we sorry, don't sorry, have this. in the states is like a train system for example connecting yeah like, why isn't there a train connecting dc to la you know it's true well yeah. i mean you have amtrak that uh yeah. they do have i guess not a, routes yeah i guess they maybe they do exist the, but not as proli- proliferated <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, definitely not. And so, like, for instance, though, um, the reason why I couldn't take a train back is because there's only one train each day from Cleveland to Chicago, and it leaves at 3 a.m. Oh, shit. So 3 a.m.? Yeah. Whoa. It's crazy. That's not <laughs> that, cool. that would be, sound there like... There should be multiple, multiple different options for the train. Right, right. But at the same time, I... you know, to uh, on the other side, though, when you do ride it, it is a lot smoother than, let's say, riding in Vietnam or... Uh, Croatia or Serbia. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. So I can only I will give props for that. And let's say like the roadway, you know, even though, you know, the bus, um, the bus is all right. It's a bus. And the road, at least you're on highway. So whereas, you know, let's let's say when you're in Laos, I took a, let's say a 12-hour, what well, it was supposed to be a 12-hour bus ride um, from, uh, it ended up being 24 hours because there's an overturned truck. And it took them twelve oh, hours yeah. to get the truck. <laughs> yeah, that Holy sounded God. like a ridiculous story. I remember. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. So we, we ran into the bus at like ten p.m. and you know they're like, oh, you know, we're gonna try to call around and and then we just kind of went to bed and then we woke up in the morning and it's still there. Nothing. They had taken some of the uh, there was some hay in there that they had taken out. That was pretty much it. <laughs> and it what it what it took was that uh you know the, the local villagers had to have a, a a crane come, pick it up, and then the other villagers pushed it. So what? because there's there's no there's no emergency response, you know, in Laos. Oh, there's no AAA. Okay. Right. No. And there <laughs> yeah. you know the, well, the government, the government is yeah. The government was pointing fingers at China and Thailand because they had actually helped build the road. Okay. And so they were like, so it's well, China and Thailand's fault? Yeah. The, oh, wow. <laughs> you guys have to go move the truck. It's your road. But <laughs> what? Seriously? Over one truck? Wait, Over is this, one truck, is this yeah. really honestly what happened? So this there was, was an international was, incident? Uh, pretty much. That's why I heard, that's what they were saying. Yeah. What? Yeah. So you put us on roads. You have like to maintain that. them for us also. <laughs> uh-huh. That's unbelievable. So, wow. And that's that's really what kind of sticks out to you in, in some of those countries is the the lack of of government in a lot of these countries. But you know, you, let's mm. say like as far as traffic laws go, there's really no traffic laws. People are just going everywhere. Yeah, like in and you were Vietnam, in Vietnam, right? I haven't yeah, been to Vietnam yeah, yet, but crazy. that I've heard is the craziest. Yeah, so there's there's no stop signs. There's no stoplights. There's it's let's say there's a bunch of motorbikes moving in one direction and the only time the ones go in the other direction could actually go across is if like a critical mass you know accumulates on one end and then they start pushing along the through the road and you know once all of them go then the ones who are you know moving along with traffic they got to stop eventually <laughs> but like if if one of them happened to go through which i've seen they're just like weaving in and out of people just like 
coming straight for them. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. I've seen some like, video footage of the traffic in Vietnam and I just it always it just looks like I thought India was kind of a chaotic traffic situation, yeah. but yeah. Vietnam looks like even crazier if that's possible. And, and there's a particular <laughs> procedure you got to use when you're crossing the road because you can't just like you know, run across. You got to basically like shuffle across, and oh the the motorbikes are going on each side of you. Oh my god! And if you're to make a sudden move, then they just hit you because they wouldn't know where you're going. Like, like I feel like I feel like I'm in a mo- like you're describing a movie right now, and it's you got crazy. you got to got to dodge all these lasers and these high speed yeah. things. And when you were talking about going the opposite way on the road, I'm I just had to put this out there because I can't get this image out of my head. Is like Return of the Jedi when they're in the like <laughs> in the forest with those uh, little flying, you know, little bikes dodging yep. the trees and stuff. Yeah, that's exactly what I envisioned. <laughs> so I had to get this out there. Yeah, yeah, oh, it is like that. I mean, you're, you're on a bus and the bus is in the opposite lane, and they figure that it's all right as long as they honk their horn. And so you see all these like motorbikes approaching this this bus, and they'll just like go to the left and go into the you know go into the grass and the gravel and stuff. It's crazy. <laughs> it's wild. weird. You almost have to like cross the street or drive um, because there's no rules. It's like this intuitive driving, intuitive crossing yeah. of the road where you have to sort of just feel it out and look at someone in the eyes. In a way, it makes mm-hmm. you have to be more aware. Um, but I don't necessarily think it's uh, safer though. <laughs> it's, it is kind of, um, yeah. there are a lot of accidents there. Mikey. So it can be... F- Frightening, I think. But I would, I would agree with you. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I, as long as it's flowing, it, it kind of all works. But yeah, right. you know, it, it's it, when you see it, it's it looks like chaos. But then, yeah. Um, I mean, but when you're actually in it and you're used to it, then it's like, well, this all flows and it works. Yeah. And yeah, it, it does somehow work. I, I'd be interested in seeing the actual stats. Like, okay, yeah, is it? Uh, what is the safer, and I don't know what the actual stats are, but does it actually, so it, it, you do feel when you're there, like, oh, this kind of, you're flowing with it, and it's sort of, it's working. I wonder, um, are there mo- higher, is there a higher rate? I don't know. I just know the or, yeah. question. Or is, there, or is it a lack of reporting <laughs> as well? Yeah, true. <laughs> what's, the, no, yeah. what's the reporting, <laughs> what's the reporting going to be like there? But the, 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 the speed is also less because... You know, and a lot the a lot of the roads are really crappy, so they can't go fast. But also, you know, if you're in cities, then they're only going twenty five miles an hour, thirty miles an hour. I gotcha. So that's part of it. Yeah, very. So it was uh, relieving in a sense to come back to the yeah, U.S. highways. Yeah. But like I was telling <laughs> Justin, one of the one of the things that really uh, stuck out at me, you know, so I landed in O'Hare and I took the train and I took the bus, and I'm riding the bus and there's just silence. And what I was so uh-huh. used to in all these other countries was just everyone's chatting and talking and there's this right. energy flowing. And then to come there and you know if like you, you're afraid that if you make a little sound that people are gonna just look at you and just be like, Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Trying to come in here, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, I, I'm I don't know what to expect it's when I get home. I, I know I'm gonna it's weird because I expect there to be more culture shock going home than there was yeah. coming traveling. Yeah. Um, yep. That's interesting. It, yeah. I I can't yeah. wait. You've got a wedding when in this in January. That's when you're coming home, right? Yeah. Yeah. We've got our buddy Steve's wedding. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Stevie. Uh, it, so of, it'll be one of our three amigos, <laughs> Benjamin. Uh-huh. Benjamin, for your nice. information. Yeah. yeah we were the, so where does he live at now? He's down. He's down in. Uh, He's still in Southern Maryland, right on the outside of okay. DC. Cool. Um, 
But basically, yeah. you know, it was me, me, Mike, and Steve who grew up on the same street. We were the three amigos. We did everything mm-hmm. together. We got in trouble together. Though I was like the, they were the instigators, <laughs> and I was kind of like the 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 big mama. And I said, no, we shouldn't do this. We shouldn't do this. <laughs> Good description. Would, would, is that true? <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely true. Uh, I. W- <laughs> I think Steve was the biggest antagonizer. You were the biggest, like, guys, should we be doing this? And I was sort of like, it depended. I don't know. I would go either way, uh, depending on where, <laughs> who I was feeling more influence from at the time. Um, yeah. But that's, well, that's what's bringing me home, though, ultimately, is we've yeah. got Steve's wedding coming up in January. So I figure, all right, I'm going to come back for the, hol- the plan now, if you call it a plan. But I always say I never have plans. I have trajectories. Trajectories. Um, uh, I'm going to, planning to come back for Thanksgiving through New Year's. Um, but I think like you, Ben, um, it's sort of like, to me, it's not, I, I, maybe some people were expecting I was going to come home and like, oh, this was the, I did the trip that got that out of my yeah. system, quote unquote, and now I'm just going to come back home. But in, I don't, who knows how I'm going to feel by that time. That's months from the future. Right. But, uh, for me, it's more like, and I think for you, it's the same. I, I it wasn't like something I'm getting out of my system. When I go home, I'm going to visit, but I'm intending to hit the road pretty, uh, swiftly afterwards <laughs> yeah, right ben is that your intention as well yeah exactly so i'm leaving in actually two days and i'm gonna go to chile argentina uruguay and then brazil awesome scope it out for me <laughs> yeah yep because i think that's exactly where i'm heading south america after this wedding in january yeah i'm excited <laughs> for it and then what I, in brazil i'm gonna end up going to uh in the northeast of the country is natal the city and usa is playing ghana in the World Cup, and so Ooh, I to see that game. Very cool. Uh, I heard that they were giving out free visas with every FIFA or World Cup uh, purchase. Is it FIFA, FIFA World Cup, right? Huh, yeah. Actually, I haven't uh, looked into that. Maybe that's... Uh, my, maybe f- my friend told me that today who just purchased his tickets that said uh-huh. they're in the, like, the last rounds of offering like a free visa with the purchase they're of... They're giving away visas. Yeah. That's, that's good. <laughs> well, I know that it's $130, I'm pretty sure, about yeah. it. Wow. You know, they they do the um reciprocal charges for Chileans and now it's going to be eventually going to be zero for going to Chile. Cool. All right. Very neat. But yeah. yeah, going along with the, that line of uh, what we were talking about, though. So originally, um, you know, when I was thinking about quitting, uh, I was just like, oh, I'm going to take like a month or two. Right. And then as time went on, I was like, oh, maybe I'll take six months. And then <laughs> eventually when I, you know, the day I quit, I'm like, all right, it'll be a year. And then now yep. I'm, I'm thinking about it and July is approaching and I'm like, there's no way that I want to stop. <laughs> right exactly that and that's so, the thing that kind of happens right yeah <laughs> uh, I, I and for me the dilemma um before quitting the job was this whole quit my job take a leave of absence question and now in hindsight it feels like such a silly dilemma because yeah. no i i don't want to have a job waiting for me when i get back i because i don't want to go back to that you know um exactly. i i want to make it work in a different way starting my own businesses um doing things mm-hmm for myself, living this sort of a lifestyle. Um, it's, and it's so over time, backpacking long enough, you, yeah, you, you kind of, there was in the beginning of the trip for me, at least that, that part that thought I was gonna come back um, pretty soon you know, after traveling for a amount of time. Um, 
come back, whatever, permanently. But the more doing, the more and more of being on the road, it kind of, yeah, it becomes your way of life. Mm-hmm. Right. And not and just, just, just imagine if you were just taking a leave of absence and your boss was checking in every couple right. months or every couple of weeks. Oh, how's it going? Yeah. Right. Such an awkward yeah. conversation, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know how yeah, I would have that conversation. I'm uh, very happy not to have to have those emails. <laughs> how do you like, like uh, I could see this happening. Like you said, Oh, I'm going to just extend it. Uh, no, at, at three months. No, I, I need to go six months. And now you're at six months. Oh, I need to go at least a year. And, yeah. and then you're stringing along your boss. Like, yeah, I'll be back. I'll be back. <laughs> and then you they'd, just, yeah, they'd, they'd eventually fire you. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it, it would, yeah. I think eventually it, they would, it would say, uh, yeah, <laughs> but it it would it would definitely change the agenda. It might force you to come back, which unfortunately would completely defeat the purpose. Right, much, you know? right, exactly. I'm I'm curious, yeah. Ben. Um, so so what is your vision? Like, I I'm sure you you're figuring out as you're going, just like Mike yeah. is. But but in the back of your mind, do you see yourself? getting reassimilating to the workforce in the u.s or you oh no way no way I no way okay i'm so i'm so used to managing my own time that i couldn't imagine sitting in an office and having somebody else try to manage it for me it's, yeah it doesn't like having a boss does not sound yeah. good ever yeah. again so um <laughs> and I mean, that's i think and there's something else uh, i would say to this um so i've gotten the vibe from some people that they they look at this and they're like look at it like almost what are you lazy or something like going go get a job you bum kind of thing um like that scene in pulp fiction that inspired the name of uh the podcast um (laughs) they got a name for that jules it's called being a bum um and the truth of the matter is though this isn't for uh and ben you uh, tell me if um i don't want to put words in your mouth but i imagine we look at the things in the same way where this isn't out of a laziness it's out of ambition um To build a, you know, so we are, you and I are the kind of people that are naturally very hardworking. And mm-hmm. I haven't become any less hardworking since traveling than I, when I was, you know, the, for example, this podcast. I'm, I'm working really hard to, to get good content, get guests, promote the show, do all the things I can do to make it work. Um, and other little creative projects I've been working on uh, as I've been traveling. Uh, so it, it's mm-hmm. been for me. Yeah, there's the aspect of having fun, enjoying life, seeing that. And that's, I think, an important thing. We don't want to set it because this is life. It's here and now. And I'm also still working my ass off. Um, and it's just a matter of it's on my own terms now. Yeah, you no, know? I agree. I think uh, for myself, um, I've been traveling much faster than you. And yeah. for, <laughs> for what <laughs> it's kind of like for, for me, this is pretty much a full-time job of planning. And I'm constantly yeah. planning. And then... Right. You know, going through the picture part, it's, it's a smaller thing, but, you know, managing data and stuff and, and posting it. And I need to move some of my stuff from my Facebook account to like a Tumblr. I need to work on that. But it, it's, right. it's a lot of work. And then, you know, I, I will usually walk 10 miles a day, uh, 7 to 10 miles a day. So I'm, I'm yeah. active from basically waking up at 8 a.m. up until, you know, midnight uh-huh. or later. I gotcha. Yep. So I, I'm i just listening, and my reaction to that is, holy crap, that is that is a lot of work planning these trips and whatnot. Um, yeah. Mike, I, I know Mike's situation, you know, re- regarding, you know, he's he's 
he's trying to be a self-sustaining business owner or whatever but uh, I'm, are you right now are you living off of savings are you planning on eventually having to start your own business like how are you going to keep it self-sustaining for me the way i see it is that i'll this is like an acceleration period of travel uh so eventually that'll slow down and i'll settle into a place but uh for me you know I've, i live very frugally i i'm not uh materialistic at all so i've saved a lot and i i focus on investing and so i have investment returns and i do have uh, pro- you know, properties that I manage that have income from that. Gotcha. Um, so I mean, financially, I'm I'm doing just fine. Gotcha. But eventually, as far as uh, I mean, I, I imagine that I I would want to slow down a little bit and stay in a spot. So I, you know, and I want two things I want to do is learn uh learn Spanish and Chinese. Gotcha. And so, you know, I can yeah. picture myself moving to Mexico and living there for a while and. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I love those and Hispanic ladies. <laughs> I'll, I want to emphasize actually something else that you just said, Ben. Um, and you're talking about how not being materialistic, and yeah. that is kind of an important aspect of the backpacker lifestyle. Um, and, meaning, it's like you set your priorities. If yep. your priorities in life is to have a lot of things, possessions, yeah, you're going to have a very difficult time being a backpacker. Um, but right. if you if you make the travel experience the thing that's a priority to you, and now you're not spending all this money on other things you would otherwise have spent, that's a big part of how you can fund this kind of a trip. Uh, it's just a matter of, it's prioritization of what is important to you in your life. Um, right. And there's nothing wrong to say with someone who does like, uh, uh, wants a nice car, wants these things. If that That's perfectly legitimate as well. But it's like for the people that want to um, go backpacking. So I, I guess you would say, oh, you make that sacrifice. I don't even think of it as a sacrifice, though, because uh, I, I also, like you, Ben, I'm like, those things don't really do anything for me. It's the experiences exactly. yeah. that are doing it for me. Right. Um, and I think that's a yeah. Different people attitude. find different focuses. In exactly. Life. Exactly. So it's like, and I guess coming from that, when you're coming from that perspective of uh, living. Um, I know from the other world uh, that Ben and I have left behind, uh, for example, um, it's difficult to see how do you fund this kind of a trip. That sounds just so because it's yeah. in U.S. culture, it's we are sold on this idea of a certain type of travel, of this right. luxurious vacation, uh, and uh, and that's not what you're doing. You, you know, you're. You, I wouldn't even say roughing it, as I like I said, I, I kind of kind of enjoy this, but it's just a. Uh, <laughs> It, yeah. It's how you do it. It's it's know? different. I, I I wouldn't say um, the quality is any less going to these yeah, countries. Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, there's things you give up, but there's things that you gain. Let's say if you stay at a hotel, um, you know, it, it's you're not going to get the same experience as if you're in a hostel because if you're in a hostel, you know, the the staff yeah. is going to be much more friendly. Yeah, local. Yes. They're going to tell you where to go at night. They're going to tell you. Um, a lot of fun things to do and they'll, they'll relate to you. They'll be willing to have conversation mm. where a lot, a lot of times it's a hotel can be very sterile and then you just go yeah. to the room and it, you know, if, if you're, and, and also just being amongst all the other people that, you know, if, even if you're in, stuck in a room with eight people, right. you, you have these conversations you'd never have in a hotel. Right. Right. Absolutely. So awkward and stiff. You, oh. you make so many friends in a hostel and it's just, uh, yeah. I'm curious. <laughs> I'm really curious. Like, uh, how many people that that you guys come across are more of, are a major? I can imagine that a majority are. This is my 
my just guesstimate, a majority are in a similar situation where they're traveling for months or you know years or what whatnot, or or is it a what's the distribution of short term backpacking versus long term? Because if I go, for example, I know I can't. I in my current state of mind, I couldn't just bam say I'm going for an indefinite period. I try. I got to dip my toe in the water first. I got to try it out. So I'd go for, uh, you know, several weeks or a month or whatnot, and then I'd be coming back. What is the distribution of people that are going for the longer-term backpacking trip versus the shorter, definite, going back to an established um, situation type of person? Like, what what do you guys see or have a feel for? I would say, uh, I would say probably, like, Two-thirds are longer-term, and a third are, like, the shorter-term. Mm. It seems like the yeah, we have people will go on the shorter-term trips and then get hooked in and then go into the longer-term trips, and those are the ones who took the Yeah, okay. exactly. Okay. And we, ma- we also maybe have a skewed perspective. Uh, well, the, the other factor is we are staying in hostels and that kind of thing, so we are more exposed to the yeah. long-term people. Um, but, I, you know, Castle, I, what you're saying is completely legitimate, though. I didn't just quit my job and go backpacking before having tested the waters, you know? <laughs> exactly. A, a, year, exactly. a year ago is when I did a test, I specifically did a three-week trip to Australia and Southeast Asia so I could get my feet wet and test the waters. And right. having done that allowed me to see, oh, yeah, I can do it. Um, yeah, so, yeah and same I, thing with <laughs> myself. Uh, there was, I did three, 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 three trips uh, before this that uh, were... You know, the first one was two weeks, the second one was three weeks, and the third one uh, was three weeks. Gotcha. Actually, no, I actually had two two-week ones and then two three-week ones. Well, let me, and then, can I ask, were, were those by yourself or were they with other people? Uh, they were, all four of them were by myself except for uh, my brother joined me for half of one of them, half of just a two-week trip. Okay. But, yeah. um, you know, on those experiences, I'll say this, that... So when I first started doing these types of trips, um, I would actually plan it down to the, the exact train ride that I was going to be on. Wow. And right. I found out, um, you know, so the first trip I did that, it was through Germany and some of the surrounding countries. And I had a good experience with that. But then when I went to Scandinavia, I did the same thing. And it, when I was in Norway, so I started uh, in Denmark and went to Sweden and then I went through Norway. Uh, and I love Norway so much, but at the same time I had the schedule and I'm like, oh, I got to keep to the schedule. And so I started to go into, uh, the top of Sweden and then to Finland. Right. And I'm starting to realize that those were not as good as Norway. And I right. was like, oh man, you know, I should have stayed a couple of days more in Norway, but, and so what I ended up doing, I had to go all the way back up to Norway. Cause I was like, I cannot just go back home without going back there. And actually that decision, that decision cost me, you know, th- let's say $300 extra, but it was for, for an extra flight, but it was so worth it because I went to, there's a group of islands at the top of Norway called the Lofoten Islands. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the most spectacular things I've ever seen in my life. And wow. so I learned from there that it's not good to plan everything out. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. It's actually good to not plan. Uh, you know, exactly. Uh, and, and I, I, I had I the think, same thing you did also. Um, 
uh, my first trip into in 2009 to Europe, I had everything, you know, all the flights, all the hostels, every single thing about the trip planned out, and it was a great trip. That was the one that exposed me to this sort of that the people that were living this lifestyle. That was the first seed that was planted, so to speak. Um, but yeah, you know, from that trip, also uh, since traveling um, more loosely uh, after that, I've come to learn. Yeah, that's sort of it's better to be adaptable. I think. Yeah. 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 And I, and I must say this, that I am not a hostel virgin. I have stayed in <laughs> two hostels. The first hostel I ever stayed at was in Chicago. <laughs> uh, which, uh, what part of town? Do you remember? Because I was actually thinking about trying to stay. I know there's one in like uh, Wrigleyville area and there's two in, in Wicker Park. It's right near Northwestern. It's like right near Northwestern, I think. Okay. I think, I don't um, remember. I don't remember the name of, it's just called okay. the International Hostel. Uh, something something and it mm-hmm. wasn't bad it was it wasn't bad at all you know just like your typical dorms and mm-hmm. and shared rooms and I shared a room with you know all, four friends that I knew but you know we got our own private room we got to lock the room which was pretty good um, yeah. and the other time I stayed it was it was in Israel and that was uh, you know share again shared dorms with people I knew um, I got some shit taken from me because I didn't lock my stuff up but you can learn. You got to know. You got to lock your shit up. So yeah, yeah, that's for sure. But you cut off for a second. You say you had shit stolen. Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a couple of things taken. Oh from man. Me. Uh, yeah. Uh, no. What would you lose? Electronics. Yeah. Yep. yep. You got it. I lost. Um, well, it was. Uh, I, I I lost. Oh, I got two different things taken from me in different places. Um, I stayed at a shady hotel in Jerusalem, and I got my. Uh, cell phone taken there, and I in the hostel. I'm pretty sure I got my camera taken. So, jeez, man, did you lock? Yeah. You didn't lock it up. Yeah, yep. Uh, so, do hey kids at home, uh, don't be a dumb dumb. Lock up your stuff. <laughs> yes, yeah. always lock your stuff up in a hostel. <laughs> yeah, and don't go to shady hotels. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, but that's uh, that's great. I. Go ahead, Mikey. It sounds like you wanted to say something. No, no, go ahead, man. No, no, it's all you. Um, I uh, before we we jumped on the podcast, Ben, you mentioned, you know, about the people. You know, how how do you? What is your feeling about the people after coming home? Like, you know, just our just the interactions you've had with being at home. What are the how how do you feel coming back home after being gone for what is it? Eight months, nine months. It was uh, it was a shock when I first got here, and the first couple of days, uh, you know, adjusting to hearing people actually speak English around you, uh, <laughs> and then, you know, with the friends, you know, anytime you, you you're separate from your friends for a long time, it, there's a little bit of adjustment where you're getting used to all their little mannerisms again, and so there's a bit of that. But then, you know, right now it just feels like, you know, I'm I'm fully adjusted. Gotcha. So, okay. are you getting restless at all? I am getting restless, yeah. yeah. I imagine, that's how I'm like seeing, I'm looking into my future right now uh, through you. And I'm, I'm like thinking, uh, I, I kind of can, I, I feel like the first few days of being home are going to be very exciting seeing everybody again. And then I, I'm, I just feel like after a couple yeah. weeks of it though, uh, once everyone else gets back into, you know, during the holidays, it'll be cool. Thanksgiving, everyone's out and about hanging out. And then once everyone gets back into their routines. Mikey, breaking up, my friend. Ben, you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. And 
But uh, going along, I am getting restless. I mean, one of the things is that, so since I'm renting out my places, I don't actually have a solid <laughs> place that's my own. So okay. yeah, I have to sleep on like, you know, friends' couches and stuff. And okay. They've, <laughs> they've been more than willing to help out, but that's... Oh, where are you where are you crashing right now? Can I ask? I'm crashing over uh, in Chicago in the Lakeview Lincoln Park area. Okay, uh, cool. which is a really nice area. Excellent. You know, Chicago is one of the few American cities that has good, you know, walkable neighborhoods with public transit. So, not having a car is not an issue. Gotcha. Very cool. Um. All right. Well, I know where Mike is, but it's time. Hey, I'm here. Can can you hear me now? (laughs) He's coming back. Oh, my God. I'm back. He's like an angel. Go ahead, though. He's like an (laughs) angel coming back. Um, But it's time for our weekly listener questions. Okay. So we have a couple listener questions for our guest, Mr. Benjamin. Um, The first question is, um, this is from a listener out in Boston. Which country had the best avocados? <laughs> I'm pretty sure I know the person who asked that question. I'm pretty Answer sure the question. Answer right. the question. You know, none of the countries that I went to had really good avocados. None of so, them. So, <laughs> I don't think I had a, a single good avocado when I was gone. Oh, my gosh. I know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you're, you're... Unfortunately, you know, there's... A couple, you know, there's weird ones that I came across that were slightly larger than normal <laughs> and oddly shaped. <laughs> well, you are going down to South America. I got. That's pr- what I'm excited for. I'm, I'm pretty sure they're going to have excellent yeah. avocados, and I am very excited for that. My friend actually, uh, this is iron- irony. This is ironic. Uh, actually, my friend in Brazil, he he, his family owns an avocado farm. So wow. maybe, maybe we'll hook you up with some good avocados. That sounds awesome. Uh, <laughs> All right, our uh, our second guest is from a listener. Uh, our second question, actually, is from a listener up in the greater Massachusetts area as well. Um, okay, which country had the best fedoras? <laughs> I would say uh, Greece. You, okay. Oh, no, no, you know what? No, I came across a good one in, in Croatia that I passed up. I should have bought it. Split Croatia. <laughs> and then, like, uh, when I was in the Philippines, they had ones that were made out of banana. Ah, uh, interesting. Banana stock. I passed, and they, they were showing up. They could be uh, deformed. They'd spring back. But I also did not purchase those. Very so I've, I've been going, lately I've been going on uh, no, ha- no hats. No hats. Because, you know, I go everywhere, and everyone has those fedoras now. Like, when I... Started wearing them, they they weren't as popular, but now it seems like they've they're no. too popular. Anti, you're so anti-establishment. Yeah, man. pretty much. You're so anti-establishment. Exactly. <laughs> um, our last question is is from um, a listener in uh, in the New England area. Um, in New England, they're asking, "Why didn't you spend more time in Greece, you dumbass?" <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's see. From Greece, I had to go to uh, I had to go to Italy, and Italy's good too. Oh, okay. Know? All right. Well, uh, uh, I'm not I'm not knocking on Greece. It's just that Italy's pretty good. 
<laughs> All right. Well, if you couldn't tell for the listeners who don't know what the hell I'm talking about, we have a common friend, actually. His name is Chris Nakis. I used to work with him. Um, and we actually lived together for three months or so. We were wow. roomies. Um, mm-hmm. and, I, and just to fill everybody in, uh, Chris and I were talking about each of your stories. Michael, I was talking about your story to Chris. Right. And then Chris was telling me about Benjamin, your story, yep. Ben. Um, I don't know what you prefer, Benjamin or Ben. Ben, but Ben, Ben's good. Ben, but we were telling each other the stories, and like that's a really familiar story. And then lo and behold, they you guys yeah. <laughs> knew each other, right. worked at the same yeah. company, and did the same thing. So, and so yeah, and so with Chris, uh, you know, we went to the same elementary school, middle school, high school, and you know, still still talk to each other. You know, and so, yeah, I've known him for a long time. And he, he lived out here in Chicago for a while. We would go into, into town, and we both didn't live in the city, so we'd have to drive in and drive back at, like, 4 in the morning. Uh, <laughs> good times. Good times. Now he's tearing up the, imp- the stand-up comedy scene in yeah. uh, Boston. So, listeners, take, go check out Chris Nakis, the, the man from the, Gre- the Grecian Delight, they call him, the Grecian Delight. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I just te- I just dubbed him that, so he, he'll probably hate me for it. Is that the royal they? <laughs> they call him this by they meaning I. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Um, Mike, Mike, you wanna a- let's uh, you wanna ask him? Well, go, I'll ask him. Ahead. I already know I already know the answer to this question, but I'll ask you anyway, Ben. Uh, yeah. What's one thing that you wanna do before you die? <laughs> Poof, man, that's a tough one. Well, I, I want to go to every single country. That's one yep. of the things. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, so, like, I already know that it's going to say to this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's uh, one of the priorities in the next couple of years here. And, you know, the big thing for travel with me is that I want to go to each country and learn about a culture, learn about a history, and really just walk in somebody else's shoes for a day or mm. two. Yeah. You know, our, it's like our... our our time on this planet is so limited and there's yeah. so many people out there, you know, it's, it's just worthwhile to understand where other people are coming from, you know, as, as much as possible. Because the, the one thing that I've noticed through travel and I, I kind of, you know, I knew this before, but it's been reinforced is that we share so much with all the people. Of the world. Yep. I mean, yep. we have so much in common with everybody else. And you know, we focus on these little things that make us different. Mm. But generally, we we could have been born to any uh, society. And you know, there's Mike. You can you can talk about this, but the uh, yeah. you know Warren Buffett's Warren Buffett's yes, thing, you want to yeah the yeah. ovarian uh, lottery. Yep. Um, well, it's a it's a great metaphor that Warren Buffett. Um, so I guess if most people are familiar with him. If you're not, he's a very successful uh, investor. Um, Probably maybe the most in the world, and he has he explains his political views in the sense that he wants the world to be a place where uh, let's pretend that you get to be born in any world you want. You can create the world as you please, but here's the catch: when you're born, when you pop out of that ovary, um, you don't know if you're going to be a man, a woman, black, white. You don't know what class you're going to be in. Uh, you don't get to decide any of those things. You just get to build the world. So what his whole thing is, he wants to build that world where uh, no matter where you are in the ovarian lottery, it's the best possible situation. And that's, I don't know, I think that's a beautiful vision. Definitely. (laughs) Well, um, I wanted to say 
thank hey ben it's been a pleasure uh, yep. get, getting a chat with you mm-hmm. um and I, I we hope to check in with you more as you're traveling through south america hopefully i can connect you with my friend you get some good avocados yeah. and uh we'll go from there but for now for now um this is justin castle from walking the earth podcast please check us out online on facebook.com um slash walking the earth podcast we're on stitcher twitter soundcloud.com slash walking the earth podcast we're also on itunes and please check out our new store to help support the show um again this is justin castle from new york city and this is ben berdinas thanks guys for having me on Uh, thanks for coming on ben and uh yeah i'll I'll sign off too from uh from chiang mai thailand i'm mike margulies (laughs) yes thanks for listening to walking the earth podcast we'll talk to you next time